You are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast. It is great to be with you. This is Tom Goolsby. We have been on hiatus for a few weeks, actually going through a lot of material, getting ready to prepare and and bring, provide you with even more stuff. I've actually been working with a number of different companies who do something we've not discussed on the program yet, and that is SEO, search engine optimization, website services, helping you with your marketing, not doing it for you, which I believe you should do your own preparation of your material and all that kind of stuff, but everything from doing interviews with you once a month to put little ebooks together that you can give away online to helping you again, you know, put together your SEO to really trick your web page out to do all those things that some of these services can do. So we're going to be bringing that to you. My experience has been very good with a company that I've been working with and I look forward in the next few weeks bringing that to you. But in the meantime, what have I been working on? Well, that is this podcast, and it is entitled, Why You Need to Train Your Clients and How to Do It. Now, you might say, wait a minute, train clients? I thought you trained staff. I thought you trained children. I thought you trained, you know, whoever it might be. But when do you train clients? Well, it truly is all about training your clients to make sure that they're the kind of people that you want to work with. Because just like training children, if you don't train them correctly, if you don't bring your staff along and give them the correct kind of information, the correct kind of education, and the correct demands that you place on them, they will get out of hand, just like unruly children. So I think it's important for you to consider this right now and from now on, that it is extremely as important as it's as important as training your staff, that is making sure that your clients are trained and now know how they are supposed to behave. Very important. They know how they are supposed to behave and what's expected of them. How does this start? The first time that you sit down with the client, you need to go ahead and start yourself setting expectations. Now, you've listened to the other podcasts. You know how important it is that your staff has already built you up so that when that person sits down with you, they understand who you are. They know what your experience level is. They're excited because your staff has built that expectation up and sort of done the, the proper theater, the proper acting, the proper preparation so that this person knows you're special and when they sit down with you, it's worth their time. You are the one who then takes over from your staff at that point and it's showtime for you as the attorney. You now have to sit there and set the proper expectations for the relationship that you are going to define. And if you don't define that relationship, it will be defined for you. So the best way and the best time to set up a relationship is at the very beginning, at that first meeting. And you have to delicately play hard to get. You're going to review their case and let them know if it's something you think you're interested in helping them with. Did you hear that? I'm going to review your case, and at, in the next day or so, I'll let you know if it's something that I feel like I am interested in helping you with. 
In other words, you don't just take everything that walks in the door. They need you more than you need them. Now again, I say you do that delicately. You can sure rub people the wrong way. And the way that I always play that off is, you know, look, I, I appreciate everything you've given me today. You've given me a lot to think about. I'm going to review some more material, get some answers to additional things. And if you don't mind, can I call you tomorrow? When are you, you free? I'll call you tomorrow afternoon and let you know if this is a case where I'm interested and think I can help you. Something like that sounds nice, but at the same time, it sets the rule that, hey, I'm not like these other attorneys that, you know, you're going to get back to them. No, no, no. I'm going to get back to you. You've subtly changed the scenario. You're a different sort of bird, and that is extremely important. So you have to delicately do that. You want to be hard to get, but at the same time, you want to be likable. You want to be busy. You know, and I tell people all the time, and, and you know, occasionally people say, you know, I see you everywhere. I see you doing this, doing that. Do you have the time to devote to my case? I look them straight in the eye, and I said, and, and I say this, Mr. Smith, busy people get things done in this world. And that stops it right there. Another takeaway from this, busy people get things done in this world. I would never hire a man to do an important job that wasn't busy because he's not busy for a reason. He's not good at what he does. Please keep that in mind. And you need to be concerned about your client's case and confident, but you don't want to be overly concerned. This is the only thing you're doing. Again, you mess up in any of these areas and you give people hand. If you remember that Seinfeld episode where George lost the hand he, he lost the upper hand with one of his girlfriends. And that, again, is important for you not to lose hand. And if you lose it at the beginning, you lose it at the beginning, you will never, ever get it back. It is up to you to train your clients coming in the office, set the expectations early, under-promise and over-deliver. We've all heard those lines. And then what else do you do you need to do once you've set this relationship? Well, you have to enforce it. If you've told, and I've had people come into my office and say, you know, well, this is the way I work. I expect an update every week. I look at them and say, you're in the wrong place. I'm a busy lawyer with a lot of cases. I'm going to devote all the time and energy I need to yours, but I'm not going to update you every week, and it's just not going to happen. You know, you, you just, that won't work. And then I just stop. And you know what always happens every single time? They backpedal and say, well, um, um, I, I, I guess I don't have to be updated every week. I said, here, here's what we'll do. I'm going to update you once a month, at least once a month. And there's going to be a lot of work for you to do. And here's where we go into the next situation. I think it's extremely important to employ all of your clients. Not only do you train them, but you also employ them. How is that? You expect them to work on their case, and you explain that to them when they come in. Now, they're not going to do the journeyman's work. Your staff's going to do that, but I tell them, you're here to see me because you care about your case, and as much as I care about the case, nobody cares about it more than you or should care about it more than you. It's your case. It's your life. 
whether it's a family law case, it's a corporate case, whatever. And I'm going to need input from you. Can I count on that? I'm going to need you to review discovery. I'm going to need you to review pleadings. I'm going to need you to keep a pain and suffering diary. I'm going to need you to get me the names and telephone numbers of witnesses. I'm going to need you at times to get affidavits signed by friends and family members. Will you help me lock them in? You've just explained to them what the rules are, and now you get their promise. And there's nothing like the psychology of getting a promise from someone. I learned this years ago. had a friend who had just taken a course on bill collecting, or actually his wife had. He was a lawyer I was working with. And she shared... The, the little book that they got. I think she worked for a bank. And it was just about the psychology of bill collecting. And I found it fascinating, and it has proved true over and over again. In fact, later in the law firm I was in, I had a bunch of accounts, old accounts turned over to me, to go out and collect. Money owed the firm. And I, in very short order, collected about $60,000 that blew everybody away, and I did it with this psychology. If you can get people to acknowledge a need, or a debt in this case, and then you can get them to promise to deliver something, you hold them to that promise, people will bend over backwards to keep a promise if you can extract one from them. So every chance you get in the client meeting as you're training your client, you need to look at them and get them to agree. Is it okay if I contact you once a month? Yes. Is it okay if I assign certain things for you to do that I really need your help and oversight with? Yes. Will you help me? Will you review those documents? Will you give me feedback? Yes. Now again, here's how you keep yourself from being engaged in multiple, and, and, and I've, I've really learned bringing clients in and reviewing discovery is pretty worthless for me until I get to a certain point. But there's a lot of things I want them to be engaged with, and maybe it's just to keep them in line. I don't even need their help yet, but it's so critically important if I can give them things to do. You know, Idle hands are the devil's work. You know that I mean that you know what that means when they don't have anything to do, they spin around, they question what you're doing. They're thinking about maybe another lawyer can do better. What are they doing? I don't hear from them. Hey, your number one job is of course to win their case and succeed, but in the meantime is to keep them happy. And the way you keep them happy is by communicating with them. Now, maybe your phone call once a month is all you need to do. Maybe a text message once a month, an email, a letter, some type of update. That may be all you need. That may be all you need from them. But I'm encouraging you to think out of the box on what can I do to keep them engaged. And let me tell you, I've learned this. Here's an example from my criminal practice. In DWI cases for years, before we had actual cameras on our phones, Okay, I would go into court and I would have three cases for the day. Two of them were brand new cases. So I go see the law enforcement officers. I ask them if they can come behind the courtroom and talk to me. We sit in a little room, they pull out their notes, they read from them, they tell me what happened. I write it all down. 
I mean, it took 30 minutes, 40 minutes, who knows, per officer. This is what I do now, and it's so much more. And then I would have to explain to my client later what I found out. This is what I do now, and it is an incredible time saver. I, and, 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 and again, if you're in the corporate world, if you're in the family law world, if you're writing wills and estates, whatever it is, think about how you can employ this. I go, ask the officer for his notes, lay it down on the table, pull out my iPhone, photograph every page, and the iPhone makes great photographs of text. I, photographed, I photograph every page of the officer's notes. I thank the officer. I don't even discuss the case with him. I've also learned as a matter of being a litigator, last thing I want to do is prep the state's witness and get him used to my way of questioning, have him think more about the case. I just make an administrative procedure. First time I talk to the officer is when he's on the stand. And again, that's my own thing. But what I do is I photograph those notes, thank him, give him his notes back, and leave. I've just saved 30 minutes of my time that I've learned over the years was utterly worthless. Then when I get back to my office, I print off my phone via Wi-Fi on my printer, my Kyocera printer, wonderful, print off those notes. Print off actually two copies, one for me, one for the client. I staple that together. I take a little note. I don't even spend the time and energy to type out a letter. I mean, again, it's all about saving your time. I have a little sticky notes. Uh, I guess they're about six by four and a half inches. And it's got my picture on it, the firm's name. You can do whatever you want. You can use a post-it note. It doesn't matter. I stick that on the outside and I say, Dear John, here are the officer's notes from the DWI. I need you to review this carefully. Mark it up write comments directly on it, use post-it notes, and get it back to me in the enclosed, self-addressed, and stamped envelope. I then text my client, let them know, hey, I was in court for you today, important material coming to you for your review and comment. That's it. In fact, you know, on your iPhone, and probably on your Androids too, you can actually put in shortcuts. I have shortcuts with exactly that verbiage. So all I have to do is put in two or three letters, and it literally types that whole shortcut in for me, and I fire it right off to the client. It takes me 30 seconds. I've gone to court for him that day. I've touched base with him. I then spend another two minutes writing out that little note, give it to my staff, who puts a self-addressed and stamped envelope along with that discovery, you know, those, those photographs of the officer's notes, and we send it off to the client. They review it. They're totally in touch with their case. They know the evidence that's against them. They're happy. They're working. They're doing stuff. Their case is moving forward. They've got a lawyer who's on the ball. Think about all the things you can do in your civil cases. Think about all the medical records that you can send to your clients, particularly the ones, and again, ask any client, what's their number one problem with their lawyer? I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know if they're doing anything. I don't know if they ever think about my case. All I ever get is a bill. Let me tell you what. If you take two minutes and print out two copies of everything that comes in the office and fire that off to clients, particularly if you have a chance to read it yourself and make a few notes, what's this about? You said there were no prior, I'm dealing with a case today, you said you had no prior leg problems, and I see where you reported a knee injury, and it's on the same knee you're claiming you need an operation on now. You know, all of a sudden, you're, you're helping 
resolve the case by pointing out weaknesses to the client or maybe solving them. Maybe that was an, in, an inaccurate description of something. It needs to be changed. Maybe they had the wrong page of notes. Again, learning, getting that information out to the client, fixing problems, making the client feel engaged. All of those things are the benefits of putting your clients to work. So it's not only about why you need to train your clients up. It's how you need to communicate with them with valuable information, how you need to define the rules on the relationship with you, how you need to hold to that. And if your client starts jumping out of bounds, they start doing what they're not supposed to be doing. Of course, what do you do? You call them on it. John, when I first sat down with you, I made it clear that I would contact you once a month. And I'm telling you, the minute you have the clients that are contacting you all the time, you're not keeping them busy enough, and you need to figure out things they can do. Whether it's, and here's one, we, we have people call our office, personal injury cases. I want to know what's going on with my case. Oh, Mr. Jones, yes, I'm looking here. I don't see your pain and suffering diary in your file. Guess what you just did? You just flip-flopped from their calling wanting to know what the hell you're doing or not doing, and you now are asking them, why are you not doing what we need you to do? And then I chide them a little bit. Mr. Jones, you know, the fact of the matter is, as I explained to you when we first met, that your pain and suffering is the largest component of damages in your personal injury case in almost every instance. And your pain and suffering diary is critically important to me. I need it to be detailed and kept on a daily basis. It's not worth its weight in gold each one of those words can be worth its weight in gold. It is extremely important to us. Please take that material down. Get it over to us. I'm going to send you another pain and suffering diary today. I need you to get to work on it. So again, there are smart ways to do it. But you have to think about that from the very beginning. If you're over-anxious for a case and you act too submissive, you're going to lay down like a doormat, and what can you expect? You will be walked upon, and that is not what you want as a lawyer. You're the one who should be in charge. So make yourself a commitment today to set those ground rules and those expectations early on. Like we said before, under-promise, over-deliver. Point out difficulties and problems in the case. You can assure the client, hey, we're going to do everything we can, but the fact that there's an allegation of contributory negligence is a real problem for us. You know, I mean, you can just think of all the, the problems and the issues and communicating those, saying, I'm going to go to court. I'm going to get the evidence. I'm going to bring it to you. I need you to help me figure out what we're going to do to win your case. Okay? Again, under-promise, over-deliver. Communicate with that client. All your clients need to hear from you at least once a month, at least and when you communicate with them, try to give them something tangible, if possible. A record to review, some type of something that, again, you don't have to spend any time and energy on. You can just have printed out that's part of the case file that you can put a little note on and send off to them. But at least send them a text, an email, or maybe some written correspondence. We use little, for our criminal cases, I use little memos that are already 
most of it's already pre-filled out with blanks. A blank for their name, a blank for the date, and then little check boxes for when their next court date is, other things I need, an into, uh, a uh, driving while, well, we've, we've got all sorts of forms in North Carolina. Maybe they're supposed to do community service. I need proof of registration. I need an assessment. I need proof of insurance, those kind of things. And we have all, instead of writing all that out, I just have a form. I go in, check off what I need, sign it. My staff puts it in the mail, and we're done. Again, takes me about a minute instead of 20 minutes to dictate a letter, proof the letter, send it back, perfect, you know, own it. My whole thing is about what works and what saves time. And make sure, particularly with the troublesome clients, keep them busy, work them. Always answer their questions about what you're doing with something that you need them to do. Client training is as important as your staff training. So from the beginning, train those clients. Put them to work. Communicate with them and keep them updated. And you know what? They will love you for it. They will appreciate your concern. They'll feel part of the team and engaged they won't be calling your office complaining that you're doing nothing for them. Hopefully, they won't be pulling back on paying your bill because they'll understand. This is what the guy's been up to. I can understand how he billed 30 hours in the last two weeks. And they'll pay it because they're engaged and they know what's going on. So commit yourself to that. When you have questions, problems, concerns, we love to hear from you. Of course, MasteringLaw.com is the website. We are here for you. We are always looking for new training ideas. We will continue to work on this search engine optimization, web page, uh, online marketing, all the stuff that we've been working on so hard lately to produce even more Mastering Laws. But again, the basics is where it all starts, doing good work, and good communication, setting reasonable expectations with those clients is what it's all about. I'm Tom Goolsby, and it is my pleasure to bring this material to you. I love practicing law. I hope you love your law practice. If you don't, review all of the various podcasts that we have and start changing your law practice into something that you do enjoy. It's so very important. Thank you so much. God bless. Let us hear from you. We appreciate you. If you really want to help us out, go to iTunes. Subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Say something nice about us. You can, of course, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You name it. We are there, and we are here for you. God bless.